Okay, hello everybody. Today is February 24th, 2023. And uh, yesterday I started posting again. One of the things I shared was about my uh, steps, uh, 12 steps as it were, to uh, health and happiness. I'm just gonna share my screen for a second to review some of these. <clears throat> so share screen and there's 12 steps and share. All right, so you should be seeing them now. And today, uh, I said I would go over these. I said this list was subject to evolving over time as I want to add to, uh, maybe get a little bit more um, detail on any particular one or even change them all together as more information becomes relevant. But today I want to focus on number seven, minimize force and delegate high-risk tasks. So I want to focus specifically on minimize force today. So what led me to want to jump to this one, I had a client today come in and we were getting ready to do some leg presses and she questioned whether it was wise for her to do leg presses uh, because she has a hip that bothers her. I suspect uh, this person, let's just say she's over 50 and leave it at that, uh, that over time as is the case, maybe there may be a hip replacement in the future. I once heard Doug McGuff say, uh, I believe, and I paraphrase here if I'm misquoting Doug, uh, that the most uh, prosperous uh, surgeons in uh, America were either people who do hip replacements or cataract surgeries, because as people get older, and they, those that have accumulated enough funds or have good health insurance, uh, they get older, they want to enjoy their, their uh, uh, golden years, and of course, uh, hips and eyesight becomes an issue. Now, having said that, my understanding, and, and one of the things I want to back up a little bit is, I'm going to say some things here that I think make sense to me, that I believe to be um, uh, true, I guess. I'm trying to choose a better word. Uh, and of course, if anybody listening to this can correct me on any of these, then by all means. But uh, when somebody is having issues with hips, I believe the term is called osteoarthritis, and my understanding of that is that it has to do with you're losing cartilage. And so as a result of losing cartilage, the uh, hip and socket joint that is your hip starts to create pain when you move in certain ways as you have less cartilage. My understanding also is that once the cartilage goes, I'm unaware of something that'll happen to bring cartilage back. I do believe, however, that strengthening the surrounded musculature is a good thing. So going back to my client, when somebody comes in and says, I don't know if I should do leg presses because my hip is sore. Well, my first thing is, well, let's see how it feels to do the leg presses. If it creates pain while you're doing it, then the issue may be uh, that this is something we need to either modify the exercise or maybe even skip it. But typically that's not the case. And that wasn't the case this morning. And the point I want to make is people think, well, I'm going to be working my hip hard. But in fact, uh, my belief is that you are working the musculature hard, but you're actually not doing a whole lot to the structural or bone part of the cartilage part of the hip. Because, you know, if you're doing a, a slow cadence where my reps today were between, in some cases, 20 seconds, 25 second negatives, and the fastest rep was a five second 
positive and lowering, and that's just paying particular attention to having nice slow turnarounds to minimize force, as the title of my number seven is, to minimize force, as well as to keep continuous tension on the musculature. So the whole thing uh, only takes about two minutes, if that, to do. So we're talking about exerting some force, of course, the weight of the weight stack is on there for the hips, but doing so in a very smooth, uh, uniform way. And of course, the other reason for moving slow is to keep that continuous tension on the muscle. As opposed to uh, a lot of people have come in, other people have come in and saying knees or hips hurt. And then I hear that they're doing walking as a uh, activity or snowshoeing and things like this. And they don't connect the pain with those activities. Now, those activities may not work the muscles very hard, but they are working the bones really hard because if you go walking or snowshoeing, you are repeating the number of reps as opposed to the five or six reps that I'm doing is literally in the hundreds, if not in the thousands. And plus there's an impact with every step that goes on. And, and that repetition to me is much more of a culprit than uh, doing something that is, is, is uh, low force, but high intensity and brings in the muscles. But people sometimes have difficulty making that uh, connection. And what I also see is I see um, a lot of people, especially as we get older, they decide that, you know, as they get older, they would like to regain some of the, uh, the um, you know, their youth and whatnot. So they decide they're going to do what young people do, and they start to get involved in sports. In the past, I've done something about um, pickleball, which seems to be a trend right now that a lot of older people are getting into, or they decide to go snowshoeing or curling or things of that nature and they haven't done it in years thinking of course well this will help me get back in shape and and help movement and i i will concede that movement is a good thing to some degree but if you look at my number three i say move often as in don't spend hours sitting in one place get up regularly and move around but not necessarily a lot I mean, if you just move around, do a few arm circles, actually walk up the stairs, down the stairs, come back and sit down, you do that often, I think you're getting the benefit of moving, certainly a, a short walk and things like that. But so I, I will concede that movement is good, but I think a lot of these things, I think of curling, the sweeping is quite violent uh, that's going on, uh, not to mention the potential falling, which is huge forces. And then things like pickleball, well, it's all kinds of forces, particularly lateral forces on the knees, hips, things like that. So I, I hate to say it, but if you're in your 50s, this is not gonna be popular with some people, but if you're in your 50s, 60s, or 70s, and you're thinking you wanna do these things, well, if you wanna still have those joints to use in your, you know, the next decade and the one after that, you may have to accept that these things are not going to be good things for you to do, or at least not to overdo. And I'll come back to why a good reason might be to do it. 
but generally speaking, your limbs are several decades old, and the fact is that they're just not where they should be. And of course, what you really want to be able to do uh, in your uh, senior years is maybe yeah, do some of those activities, but you want to make sure that you can do the activities of daily living transferring which is you know getting up in the morning from your bed and walking to the bathroom and and doing so without a walker and without help from uh, somebody who works in a long-term care facility feeding dressing bathing all those things you want to do play with your grandkids things of that nature and doing some of these activities may not in fact help you to do those things strengthening getting yourself as strong as possible is uh, definitely a good thing to do because it's gonna maintain your ability to do whatever activity for as long as you can. And if you are gonna engage in those activities to minimize the damage. So having said that, in the past, I, I used to say, and I still do, you know, people get in shape and then get told by me that they shouldn't go out and play sports and things like that. And the analogy is, you know, if you get a sports car and you get it all really strong, i.e. horsepower, you want to take it out for a spin once in a while. And I get that. But you have to understand that every time you go out and decide to really take that sport car for a spin, there's a certain amount of wear and tear on the car. And where I've sort of modified my analogy is if it's a sports car that you own and you do wind up running it into the ground or doing some dangerous activities, getting in an accident, the end of the day, well, you don't have a sports car, you don't have a sports car, you might, if your finances enable you, you might be able to buy another one. But in the case of the sports car that is your body, you've only got one. And once uh, certain limbs and whatnot are gone, short of surgery and things like that, uh, they're gone. So again, minimize force uh is really important the other part of this is delegate high risk tasks which is really um just a, a another uh, extension of minimized force why do we want to delegate high risk tasks or high risk activities such as people decide to take up cycling uh well cycling in itself may not be a high impact activity falling off a bike is an extremely high force activity uh, Sure, I said cycling may not be high risk. I would say cycling may not be high force, but it's high risk because if you do fall off a bike and you're in your 60s and 70s, I mean, when you were young and you fell off your bike, hey, you might have hurt yourself pretty good, but you tended to somewhat bounce back, although even those injuries might have came back to haunt you. But if you fall, never mind, in your 70s, just in your house slipping on a carpet, you can break a hip. If you fall on a, from a bicycle going 15, 20, 25 miles an hour, not even referring to getting hit by a car, then that's going to be a serious injury, uh, potentially and almost probably life-changing at that point in time. So what is a good reason I said earlier to do that? Well, recreation, having fun, is good for you mentally, psychologically, perhaps socially to do some of those things. So if you're going to do them, uh, do them uh, for those reasons, knowing, however, going in, making an informed decision, understanding that there is risk and there is wear and tear in your body for doing so. And as a result of doing that risk benefit analysis, you might find that there are other 
less risky or less uh, lower force activities that you can do for recreation and also get the same psychological, recreational and social benefits. Anyways, um, again, as I mentioned, if somebody sees a flaw in my reasoning, I am always open-minded to hear and be challenged. And as always, I appreciate uh, subscriptions. I appreciate sharing of this. Bye for now.